The world is a complicated place. Either something momentous has happened, or it hasn't. Either something is complete, or it isn't. There's a guy we can talk to about observation named Heisenberg, but we must be careful, he's not the wrong one. These are a few thoughts from November 16th, the 320th day of 2021, something that either matters or it doesn't. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement for this particular day, even if it isn't. I'm possibly Sean Tubbs, but either lost track or I'm in the right direction. On today's show, Charlottesville City Council adopts a comprehensive plan and future land use map after a long public process and long public hearing. President Joe Biden signs an infrastructure bill that will have an impact on Virginia. Two area breweries have announced a merger. And the Places 29 Hydraulic Group gets the latest on 490 units planned for Old Ivy Road. Let's start today with two more Patreon-fueled shoutouts. The first comes from a longtime supporter who wants you to know... Today is a great day to spread good cheer. Reach out to an old friend, compliment a stranger, or pause for a moment of gratitude to savor a delight. The second comes from a more recent supporter who wants you to go out and read a local news story written by a local journalist, whether it be The Daily Progress, Sebo Weekly, NBC29, CBS19, or WINA, or some other place I have not mentioned, the community depends on a network of people writing about the community. Go learn about this place today. After nearly five years of review, the Charlottesville City Council has adopted a comprehensive plan and a future land use map intended to increase the number of housing units within city limits. Council's vote came after a long public hearing that came after a work session held in the early afternoon, where Council also discussed economic development and population trends. The public hearing ended at 10.44 p.m., and Council then discussed the matter for another hour before voting to adopt. Next up will be the rewrite of the zoning code to eliminate legislative barriers to new residential density. I'll have more on the adoption of the plan, what's in it, and what's next in an upcoming edition of the newsletter. You can take a look at the adopted comprehensive plan and the future land use map at a link in the newsletter. Two breweries in the area have announced a merger via Facebook post. Champion Brewing Company and Reason Beer will join operations in a partnership that will see Hunter Smith remain as the company's CEO. One of Reason's founders, Jeff Raylanow, will become the chief financial officer. Josh Skinner of Champion will become the head brewer, and Reason's Mark Fulton will become director of brewing operations. Champion will relocate its production operations from a facility in the Woolen Mills on Broadway Avenue to Reason's headquarters at Seminole Place. Here's a statement from Champion's Facebook page. We're excited to announce this partnership with our good friends and esteemed beer minds across town that will bring together two skilled and like-minded teams to streamline operations under one roof. President Joe Biden has signed the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which will likely change the landscape for the way all kinds of projects in Virginia and the Charlottesville area are funded. This law makes us the most significant investment in roads and bridges in the past 70 years. 
It makes the most significant investment in passenger rail in the past 50 years and in public transit ever. The bill provides direct funding to specific areas across the country. You can read more details in a link to the White House press release, but here's some of the items. $55 billion to expand access to clean drinking water, eliminating lead pipes, and cleaning up PFAS forever chemicals. $21 billion in funding to remediate Superfund sites in rural and urban communities. $66 billion for public transit, including vehicle replacement from fossil fuel burning to zero emissions vehicles. $5 billion specifically to purchase clean school buses. $17 billion to modernize ports and update machinery to reduce congestion and emissions. $25 billion for airports, including efforts to drive electrification and a transition to other low-carbon technologies. And over $50 billion in investment to protect against drought, heat waves, wildfires, and floods. The legislation passed the U.S. Senate on a 69-30 to vote and the U.S. House on a 221-201 to vote. Take a look at the full bill in the newsletter. The bill I'm about to sign along is proof that despite the cynics, Democrats and Republicans can come together and deliver results. There's also funding to increase Internet access. This law is going to make high-speed Internet affordable and available everywhere. Everywhere in America, urban, suburban, rural, and create jobs laying down those broadband lines. Environmental groups in Virginia are celebrating the signing of the infrastructure bill, which will provide an additional $238 million for the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency for the Chesapeake Bay program, according to a statement from the Choose Clean Water Coalition. These additional funds will help reduce pollution in the bay and its waterways, especially as we approach the 2025 deadline to have all pollution reduction practices in place as part of the bay's restoration effort. Riley is referring to something called the Chesapeake Bay TMDL, a framework to reduce pollution across all of the watersheds that feed into the bay, including the Rapidan, Rivanna, and James Rivers. Investments have been made over the years, including millions to upgrade the Morris Creek Wastewater Treatment Plant to reduce the amount of nitrogen and phosphorus that makes its way to the bay, creating dead zones with no oxygen. The bill has also been celebrated by the Virginia Transit Association, who sent out a release pointing out that the bill contains $102 billion nationwide in funding for passenger and freight rail, or a 592% increase over usual funding levels. That could include $1.4 billion for Virginia. Here's Danny Plogger, the deputy director of the Virginia Transit Association. The bipartisan infrastructure bill is a huge move in the right direction. Transit will receive about $1.3 billion in formula funding over the next five years, a 34% increase over normal funding levels. And the Charlottesville area in particular will receive about an extra million dollars a year over that period. Virginia will also be very competitive on several expanded transit and rail grant programs, which can invest billions of dollars into our transportation network over the next decade. All of Virginia's Democratic representatives in Congress voted for the bill, whereas all of Virginia's Republican representatives voted against it. But Biden said there was support from industry. This law was supported by business groups, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the National Association of Manufacturers, the Business Roundtable representing 200 of the largest corporations in America. We'll continue to cover this as the details become more known. 
You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. Time now for another Patreon-fueled shout-out. Charlottesville 350 is the local chapter of a national organization that seeks to reduce dependence on fossil fuels. Charlottesville 350 uses online campaigns, grassroots organizing, and mass public actions to oppose new coal, oil, and gas projects and build 100% clean energy solutions that work for all. To learn more about their most active campaigns, including a petition drive to the Richmond Federal Reserve Bank, visit their Facebook page at facebook.com slash 350 One more segment today from Albemarle County and land use. A proposed rezoning requested by Graystar Development for about 36 acres of land off of Old Ivy Road will be slightly smaller than the 525 units requested in the first application, but it will still be fairly substantial. Valerie Long is an attorney with Williams Mullen, representing Graystar. Our current plan is to have about 490 units. The Places 29 Hydraulic Community Advisory Committee got a first look at the old Ivy Residences project on Monday, which is currently not scheduled for a public hearing before the Planning Commission. The land is split between five parcels, with three of them already zoned for 15 units per acre. Here's County Planner Cameron Langeal. Our 15 residential zoning allows for basically any type of residential development, whether it's single-family detached, single-family attached, or multifamily apartments, One parcel allows for 10 units per acre, and the other is currently zoned for one unit per acre. The application is to make all of them R15. A previous rezoning approved by the Board of Supervisors in 1985 has a condition that states that the old Ivy Road corridor needs to have been upgraded to a certain performance level before development can begin. The applicant is asking us to evaluate that and make a recommendation as to whether the corridor has been um, improved to that extent. The board also approved a rezoning in 1996 for one of the parcels that restricts certain uses. Langeal said the applicant wants the board to drop that condition. There's also a request to disturb slopes, which involves changing their classification from preserved to managed. The county's comprehensive plan designates three of the parcels as urban density residential, which allows anywhere between 6 units and 36 units per acre. Land along the U.S. 250 bypass is designated as park space and currently is the home of a section of the Rivanna Trail. The developer will continue that into the future. Staff has conducted one review and the developer is working through the questions from staff. John Clarkson is a managing director with Graystar Development. They are a national developer with projects all across the United States of America. It's an opportunity that we're seeing uh, a occurring more and more across the country and that there's uh, opportunities in university towns that lack housing opportunities, um, you know, very important housing opportunities to provide that level of affordability to make those communities sustainable over the long term. And this one is a, a unique one in the sense that we can provide not only multifamily uh, uh, housing, we can also uh, provide single family Dan Nickerson is a development senior associate with Graystar, and he's a graduate of the nearby Darden School. The number one kind of thing that we love about this site is the natural landscape, and we've done um, the best job we could, and we think we've done a really good job preserving the landscape uh, while enabling the density 
uh, that the comp plan allows. Old Ivy Road is a two-lane road that has a one-way underpass near its eastern intersection with Ivy Road without a sidewalk or bike lane. The western intersection, as well as a two-lane bridge over the bypass, are also constraints. Long acknowledged that traffic congestion is an issue. Obviously, those issues are existing, have been growing and increasing over the past few decades. Um, so, but Graystar is committed to continuing to help look at that, those challenges and collaborating with VDOT and the county planning staff as appropriate to work towards um, and identify solutions. Long said Graystar would be willing to pay a proportional amount for some of those solutions. VDOT's six-year improvement program includes funds for a $3 million replacement of the bridge over US-250, but the description currently states it will be built with no additional capacity. Preliminary engineering is underway now, with construction scheduled for fiscal year of 2024. Long said county officials have been able to at least carve out some improvements for the project. They were able to include in that project design that there will be a pedestrian lane on the new bridge. Members of the CAC and the public had the opportunity to ask questions and make comments. Sally Thomas served four terms on the Albemarle Board of Supervisors and lives next door in the University Village apartment building. We don't oppose having neighbors and are delighted that they are neighbors that care about the uh, environment. And we also do, and we have a lovely old stand of trees, some over 100 years old, and we want to uh, try to preserve, protect those. Thomas said University Village residents want to make sure there are pathways that are safe and attractive and avoid the trees. Kathleen Jump of the nearby Huntington Village complex said she likes to walk, but said this section of Albemarle is landlocked with many obstacles for pedestrians. The eastern bridge um, is a concern and the pedestrians at that end of Old Ivy Road put their lives in their hands when they um, cross under that bridge. Kevin McDermott is a chief of planning in Albemarle who specializes in transportation. We have been evaluating both ends of Old, v Old Ivy Road, as, as Valerie mentioned, also uh, very recently um, to try and see if there's options for improving them. Nothing has jumped out, uh, as, as was mentioned, it's an easy solution uh, right now. Trying to expand that underpass is, uh, is going to be extremely expensive. McDermott said VDOT is working with a consultant to look at both ends of the road to come up with solutions, possibly to inform a smart scale application for next year. Taylor Algren just moved into Huntington Village. He wants the development to do as much as it can to discourage vehicular travel. Here's what he would like to see. Supporting residents to, um, you know, future residents uh, to uh, stay away from using their using a car and using alternative means of transportation. The project currently does not have a public meeting scheduled with the Planning Commission. Stay tuned. Also nearby is the Ivy Garden Complex, which the University of Virginia has said will be redeveloped as a mixed-use community. The UVA Buildings and Grounds Committee of the Board of Visitors got a briefing on that project in June. 
And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for November 16th, 2021. Or is it? I don't know when you listen to these things. Hopefully you're listening to them far into the future, but who knows? I do know that I will be back in the near future with another installment of this program. As I said at the top, we have a lot to get through in that comprehensive plan, because now that the plan is adopted, what's in it? And what does it mean for you? What does it mean for the community? I don't think any of us really quite know. I will say that you can support that program and all of the other programs in a variety of different ways, and I won't tell you now what they all are, because if you've heard this part, you've probably heard it to this point. I will say, if you can send it on to somebody else, that would be fantastic. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. I'm pretty sure I am, at least uh, that's what my ID says. And I will be back in the near future with more of this kind of content. If you do enjoy it, please send it on to somebody else. Thanks again for listening and stay safe and stay alive. Thank you.